Hey everybody, welcome to the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patty G. We are here with Robert and Casey from BRcade. We're going to talk a little bit about collecting, talk about arcade games, the bar scene, and also talk about the walkability of the bar scene here in Baton Rouge and what some business owners are working towards improving in that space. But before we get to that, big wonderful shout out to the amazing sponsors that make this show possible each and every week. We've got Government Taco, Falaya Real Estate, Lake Men's Health Center, Horizon Financial Group, Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge, and you know every week the outfit and wardrobe is brought to you by McClavey's Limited right there on Jefferson and Corporate. And without further ado, Casey and Robert, welcome to the hey, show. Hey, thanks for having hey, us. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you all for coming on and braving the Baton Rouge traffic <laughs> that <laughs> we wild. all have come to know and despise, love, or whatever you want to mm-hmm. classify it mm-hmm. as. Home sweet home. Serenity now. <laughs> <laughs> but let alone Thanksgiving is, you know, right around the corner. Sure. And so it's just, I feel like. You have to be extra patient right now because there are people from out of town that don't understand our rules here. Right. So, you know, everybody out there, just be extra patient, please. They're, they're easy to spot because they honk their horns. You know, here mm-hmm. in Baton we don't honk our horns until we're, like, going to hit you. Like, sure. Then we honk our horns. But, like, sure. I was driving today down Jefferson, and I was like, why are all these people honking their horns? Like, these out-of-towners. Like, who, who are these people? <laughs> but y'all are the two of the owners of BRK. That's right. Why don't y'all tell everybody listening or watching what exactly it is, and then we'll kind of start getting into how this came to be. Okay. Uh, B Arcade is Baton Rouge's B-R-Cade, Baton Rouge's Arcade Bar. Um, we opened uh, in March of this year, and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, we specialize in r- restoring and having on the arcade floor classic, the original classic games. Uh, we really kind of take pride in that. We have the original CRTs in there, uh, which is, you know, the tube, the tube monitor. Uh, all original game hardware on the inside, original cabinets restored nicely. Uh, we also have a full service bar uh, in the building. I mean, what's better? You know, playing Miss Pac-Man and having a, a Puckman cocktail is what we call it. Yeah. Puckman cocktail. Mm-hmm. That's right. Y'all are known for specialty cocktail drinks. We've got a couple. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how did y'all meet first and foremost to even start contemplating this idea? Uh, I probably... We probably don't remember the first time we met because mm-hmm. I, I used to frequent Dubix just yeah. as a, uh, well, I used to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Robert is the owner, uh, is a owner of Dubix yeah. Martini yeah. Bar. We're going to get into that later, just talking about uh, some of the other subjects in the, in the podcast. But uh, we used to meet going out and, out and about in ta- and on, on the used town. to drink a lot. Yeah, yeah, as young men, <laughs> as young men. Yeah, I, we have a mutual, our, our third partner that can't be here, Cave. Um, he, he is, uh, I've been knowing him for a little longer than Casey. That's right. Um, but he kind of introduced us, and, man, we just kind of hit it off. You know, it feels like I've been knowing him for many years. Great partner. Um, yeah, just uh, it's been a lot of fun just hanging out and working. Yep. So how <clears throat> did one day y'all decide, let's open a bar? Well, I think the collection just got too big, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah, it did. I mean, they had more, you know, at their homes. I mean, I went to, the first time I went to Casey's house, like, I mean, I felt like I was in an arcade because there was cabinets everywhere. So, uh, y'all so, are, gotta, so y'all are collectors of the arcade machines. Yeah, that's how it started. That's how it started. That's how it started. The first arcade I purchased, it was just on a whim, uh, summer of <laughs> 2016. It was okay. just real crazy. Uh, I usually would get home earlier than my wife so you know, i'd just be on the back porch enjoying the, the afternoon and 
you know, looking at Craigslist or just things on my phone, just killing time until my wife got home. Sure enough, I see an arcade machine pop up and it was real close to where we were living at the time. And it was $300. I was like, well, you know, big deal. Let, let's chat. I've always wanted one. I'm going to go. I need to ask my wife, poor thing. <laughs> and I'll uh, go pick it up. Sure enough, the whole thing worked. It was really cool. Uh, brought it home. She was very receptive. Uh, and uh, God bless her. And uh, that's how it started for me. It was just a bug. I mean, I figured at one point, well, I own this thing. You know, I've got to, because I, I really don't have a background in like old, old electronics or any any kind of electronic work honestly so what what is your background let's start with uh well I, for a long time i worked for uh dakota's restaurant and bar equipment on florida boulevard so that is kind of where i kind of at least got comfortable with working on things so uh you know we would deliver install uh, equipment all around town and some of that would be oh it could be anything from you know gas plumbing to you know you know regular plumbing to uh some some electronic work here and there or if anything just uh you know power in, in general. Uh, so that at least gave me a little bit of confidence once I decided I was gonna kind of start collecting these things and working on them. Well, I could figure this stuff out. There's gotta be somebody out there that could, I could either read from or they could show me and just went from there and man, I see to my pants, <laughs> really. So you just started buying up machines left and right? Uh, well, not left or right, but uh, whenever they'd come available and they were dead, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, and Robert, what's your background? Well, I mean, I love to play arcades. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Pac-Man came out. Um, yep. But uh, my background's more more the bar bar industry. So um, I've been owning Duvic since 2008. Um, it just, it's been been a fun transition to watch kind of Baton Rouge kind of evolve, and, and really felt like it was a good time for an arcade bar. I mean, we don't have something like that here. Um, our model is kind of cool too. So you come in and you pay a little cover charge and we do have some nights where it's free and you get to play the games for free. We have, it's called free play. So you don't have to bring quarters to the arcades, which are really cool. Um, and we have a bunch of pinballs too. So a lot of people that haven't been around pinballs that much, you can really get some of the older ones, some of the newer ones. So you can kind of see how they play different. It's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Okay. And so but, with your experience in the bar scene and mm -hmm. your experience, I guess, just slowly acquiring arcades, mm -hmm. I mean, when y'all were sourcing our guests, how, how did this idea kind of come to fruition? Yeah. Uh, well, our other partner, the third partner, uh, Caveman, uh, his John Dodgerill, but he goes by Caveman. He's been go going by that since he was a little kid. There's a backstory. I'll let him tell it one day. Uh, but he and I were at one point in them mutually collecting. So we, he would find something. Oh, yeah, let's go get it. Or sometimes we go in together on something. Or I just help him pick it up or vice versa. So that's really how the collection really kind of started doubling. Uh, and going crazy. Um, um, where was I? Yeah, we had a lot of games. We Thank have you. about 25 on the floor. Um, and, and I just want to say something about Casey. Like, he's being modest about fixing them. But, like, literally, when you go play a game, like, new buttons, like, the CRT's, like, dialed in nice. Like, the game plays like you would have played it in 85 or whatever. Um, but, you know, we have a whole bunch in the back that, we, that we're con constantly working on. Um, but yeah, but, uh, but basically there's so many games that we had, we just want to share them with people. Um, and no other way to do that is, you know, you know, with, at a bar, you know, having drinks too. That's just, right. It seems like the two have always gone hand in hand and uh, we're, we're, you know, we're 21 and over. So, you know, we're not trying to, you know, be everything, you know, we just want to be a good arcade in a bar. Um, That's right. So how, I mean, did y'all. Have you seen this type of concept before in other places and want to bring it to Baton Rouge? Or, I mean, 
because for me, if I'm thinking sure. of a bunch of yeah. arcade machines, like let's just open an arcade, but it's like, I guess within the bar space of your mind, it's like, well, maybe we'll make it into both. I mean, mm -hmm. is this a concept or a model that has been done before? Uh, well, the free play model, absolutely. Uh, it, it's a pretty, pretty recent uh, thing for arcades. Uh, I first came across it. Uh, there's a place in Richardson, Texas, right there north and, uh, north and, in North Dallas. It's called Free Play. And, uh, man, they're great. The guys that don't, I've never really met them, but I've been to a bunch of their places, and they've really blown up over the last, oh, they, they, I guess their first, first location was Richardson and opened maybe 10 years ago. But now, they have, man, they have locations in you know, Denton, Fort Worth. They're about to open, like, a real big one in Dallas proper. Uh, but, and they seem to do really well. And what, what I took, what I thought was impressive, impressive of them was their quality of machines, how, how everything was really nice and neat in there. Uh, but not to where it wasn't unapproachable, you know. Uh, that's something I try and balance, too, with uh, restoration of games uh, is I feel like if it looks too brand new, it's not going to really live up to a person, an older person, people our age, our memory of what it was. Uh, so, uh, you know, to me, there's got to be a little bit of a balance of patina, and I think they did that really well. Uh, like I said, cleanliness, the place just ran. You could tell it ran beautifully. I mean, everybody was happy that was working there. It looked cool. Uh, and uh, it, that ha definitely has been tried in Baton Rouge. There have been other places that, you know, would have arcade machines and it would be more of like a family place, either like a restaurant or, or those are really big right now. Like, you know, the bigger kind of corporate places uh, they have in town where, you know, it's almost like a Dave and Buster style place or whatever. And it's more of a family, family friendly, uh, which is fine. And there is definitely a place for that. Uh, but. Again. Yeah, we don't have any claw games or any skee no, ball. Yeah, like no, yeah, no, or no ticket we redemption. Focus That's what I see. Like, you don't have the whole... We're here for an experience. Sure. You know, we, we're not trying to, like I said, to be everything, but we are one thing. You know, it's when you walk in there, you, you do feel like you're in a classic arcade. The sounds, the smells, and everything, it really kind of brings you back a little bit. And I think, you know, to capture that, and now in 2022, it's, some of these machines are 40 years old. Sure. I mean, they weren't designed to live that long. So yeah. to bring them back to life, to me, it's almost like an interactive kind of museum in there because some of those pieces are older than a lot of artwork that you see nowadays that, you know, a lot of attention to detail goes into the side art and everything. So mm -hmm. just to be able to share those with people, really, um, it's it's pretty cool, man, pretty cool. Well, and you're also attracting a younger crowd that may not have been exposed to yeah. that type of machine, that type of gameplay. And I know probably initially <laughs> it's kind of a step back and like, wait, these... These graphics are so much older than what we're used to, but it's that sense of nostalgia, that sense of holding on to what they were at the time and where they meant, right? The well, gap, a lot of younger people, I think, hold. played it on their phone. Like maybe first time they played Pac-Man. Right, it was on, sure. you know, And to play it like physically on a cabinet, that's the real deal from 1981. Um, it's, just, it's an experience that you can't get from your phone. Like you have to yeah. be there. Uh, it's, it's, and it's addictive, too. It's a lot of fun. Like... And all our machines are, well, not all of them yet, but most of them do have high score uh, savers. So, you know, when we turn everything off at night and the next day, you know, your, your high score may still be there unless somebody beat it. Right. So. And I, I love the, 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 free, the free play model as yeah. well. You know, because yeah. all the arcades <clears throat> nowadays that we were talking about, they have that, that ticket redemption, that yeah. younger, younger crowd yeah. attraction where you're, you're playing for a purpose, right? You're yeah. playing for the purpose of getting the tickets <clears throat> to then go and redeem for yeah. a prize. Yeah. And then it's like you're just trying to build up these tickets, and they're, they're making money via the model of swiping the cards, mm -hmm. right? Because I haven't been to uh, one of those Dave & Buster-style joints that have not had a card swipe feature now. Sure. Oh, yeah, all no, kind of that's like to standard that. now. Right, that's, now it's standard. Yeah, you just, you just load standard. the card, and the kid runs, and it goes. Yeah. And it's like they don't 
They, they just keep swiping until they're out. And of you swipes. don't know what the game costs. Like it could be a two dollar sure, game. Well, it could be a, it's, it's, it's now credits. It's like I mean, oh, it's and, fifty credits. Well, what is is it fifty dollars or fifty cents? You have sure. no idea what the credits are. In sure. today's currency, those games. What I mean, you're looking at a dollar per game. Like and now, mean. like an our currency back versus the eighties, the quarter play. So you know, we we feel like you definitely get a bang for your buck. Like it's a lot of variety and. It, sometimes you just get stuck on a game. You can keep, keep hitting, uh, hitting that uh, sure. start button and just keep going, and you realize like an hour later, you know, your hand's hurting. Well, I was going to comment <laughs> on comparing like uh, with younger people finding those old games uh, on like a phone or like a touch iPad, whatever. Yeah. Uh, something that I think people have forgotten that there is a spectator aspect to, mm. you know, the arcade. I mean, even, even especially well, on one level, uh, when I was a little kid, I might have just run out of quarters real fast, but I could still walk around and like, mm -hmm. oh, this this is crazy. Or look what this guy's doing, you know, or like a uh, live Twitch, sure. <laughs> right? Sure. Exactly, Absolutely. in person Twitch stream, in, right? In person Twitch stream. Or then, you know, you could you might be the performer to where you know you are excellent at this one game, and you were gonna go, and you know, I'm sure a lot of it's just for you. You want to get that high score. It's a way for you to relax or whatever have you. Uh, but I mean, I'm sure that it is a performance too. If you walk in an arcade and see some. Some guy, some person going crazy on, you know, a joust machine. And well, I'm going to sit and watch this for a second. Well, that's also when you have, we're, we're starting to get around the holidays, right? So people are in from out of town. I've mm. got some friends in from Nashville and whatnot. And if you remember back when everybody was growing up and you've got those games in your head that we went to arcades and we were able to play this together at a young age, mm -hmm. now you kind of rebuilt that memory for them where it's like, we got to go to B Arcade and play that you know that dueling game that we used to play mm -hmm. or something where we used to go into an arcade and just battle each other now it's on whatever gaming console they sell to the general public but y'all are bringing back that true feel that i think a lot of people we've gotten away from but again since since we've had this covid era of not being able to do anything and not being able to be interactive with people we want that experience now as consumers they're after what is that experience I'm going to leave my house for and actually go and do rather than simply use the next best technology to accomplish it. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's what's great. You can be a bit of an introvert and come to BRK and just play a game and have a beer or two. So you can, you know, it, it definitely gives people options to meet new people or just come and just hang out alone, you know, and play the game and concentrate. Mm -hmm. So so do y'all have a food component to BRK? No. No. Okay. No. No food. Uh, you know, we thought about it and it just... I don't think food really goes with what we're trying to do there. It just, um, the game, the games, you know, they do, you know, they are sensitive. You know, we got to watch the drinks and people, by the way, you can't put your drinks on the game. No, no. We have <laughs> special say, tables. Yeah, please don't put your drinks on the custom game. tables built between each machine where there is room where you can keep your eye on your drink too while you play. Yeah, we felt like, you know, the f the food game down <laughs> government's pretty good. There's a lot of really good places. Um, and to throw your hat in that, like, you really got to know what you're doing. So, yeah, we're just going to stick to the to the games in the bar right now. Well, the, the food scene and the entertainment scene down government street has kind of exploded oh, yeah, it has. over the it last is. few it years. Has. It's been a lot of fun. So, I mean, and y'all just went through White Light Night, right? Yes. That's yeah, right. yeah, How Friday. was that? It was crazy. It was, it was crazy. It was it was a blast. A lot of a lot of people. A lot of new people. Um, everything worked. Nothing broke. Yeah. So, super happy about that. That's right. <laughs> but no, it was a great night. It was. It's just a good night to have. Uh, I think a lot of people come to Mid City that don't normally go to Mid City all the time. So uh, to be able to meet new pe people, new faces, it was. Um, it's pretty fun. So the the cocktail creation mm -hmm. that y'all have over there. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of this stuff is just crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How do y'all even create these? 
concepts and these ideas within these drinks? You know, it's you know, when it comes to cocktails, it's hard to come up with something original. It really is. I mean, everybody has done everything, it seems like it. So, you know, we do, we, we get the video game inspiration. Um, you know, we do a lot of tasting there. So, you know, we do a lot of research to figure out, you know, hey, what what's some good new combinations? Um, you know, we, we're actually working on a new menu right now. We got a bunch of new cocktails that we got. We're going to be launching really soon. Um, but we have kind of everything that, you know, if you want a whiskey style drink, you know, you can, you know, we have something that fits that pro profile all the way to something kind of gentle, smooth, you know, if you like gin. So, you know, definitely the cocktails are, are really good. I recommend them. So. How important is that component to y'all's business? Like the the time and matriculation that goes into developing the drinks. It's it's very important. It's equally yeah. equally is the machines to be honest. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's definitely a give and take. Um, you know, the our hook is the games, but you know, we want people to stay and drink. So obviously, we want to have a good product both in both departments. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, equally important. You know. Yeah, and that, that menu, like you said, is if it's ever evolving, ever changing, yeah. it gets tricky. And then yeah. you're balancing your time between the two different bars. Yeah. And is this, I mean, is this your full-time thing that you're doing as well, Casey? Uh, I'm a stay-at-home father as well. <laughs> Love but that. Yes, absolutely. Love that. Uh, then absolutely, yes. Does <laughs> it ever bring your kid to work day? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, closing hours, of course, you know, we're closed. <laughs> I have my four children running around a live bar, you know. Yeah, but uh, I think they get a kick out of it. I have a three-year-old and a five-month-old, so the five-month-old is fine wherever we go. Uh, but the three-year-old, he's really kind of grown to really get a kick out of it. He has a lot of fun. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And so the the balancing for you, Robert, how is how is that? Man, um, it's I, I it it's definitely a lot of hours, a lot of extra hours, but totally worth it because you know at BRK I can play some pinball, unwind a little bit. So you know it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Duvix, you know it's pretty well oiled. I mean, we, we've got a really great staff there. Management is awesome. So, you know, just as um, long as things don't break over there, things are go, go pretty smooth, <laughs> you know. So, uh, we're, we're building a new patio there. We got a whole bunch of things in the work over there, too, because that whole, we were talking earlier, that whole neighborhood's kind of evolving. Um, so, yeah, we're just trying to keep up over there. So, so in, in the Mid-City neighborhood, mm -hmm. when y'all were looking for a space, did y'all always know it was going to be Mid-City or what went into nailing down where y'all are? That was, yeah, we, that, it's high we, on our list. It was high on our list. But we were definitely list. open okay. to other parts yeah. of town. I mean, anything yeah. really, we were, we were trying to find the right building, a yeah. building that could accommodate what we needed uh, to be able to have Got a lot of power. Sure. Yeah. Well, hey, man, oh boy, yeah. our electrician that came through, man, he, he, yeah. he did a really good job. Great job. <laughs> he did a lot of good work in there. A lot of work. Uh, but it was, more we need about a space the, too. The, the space and yeah. the feel of the building and the feel of the building. Yeah. And uh, the building we're in right now, uh, man, it really ended up just accommodating us very well. Yeah. I mean, it's got a little warehouse space at the back where we can store games, have a shop, work on games. Uh, it has a, a cool feel to where the arcades are, you know, they have kind of their own side of the place. The bar has its own side, but it's all close enough yeah. to where it feels together. So what about Mid-City made it be like y'all's have-to-be place? I think it's just the kind of the vibe. It, ha it Just the neighborhood, you know, it, it just, it's, they're making it really pedestrian-friendly. Mm -hmm. um, Government Street just had that kind of road diet, which really kind of, um, it's got its pros and cons. 
But um, I, I think just the neighborhood in general, just it was a fun well, neighborhood, a lot of fun stuff to do there, like you said, up and coming businesses. So. Well, and uh, that area's willingness to have something yeah. different and support something a little different. I mean, that the axe, uh, civil axe is right, you know, right there next to us too. And, yeah. You know, it's a different, different thing too. I think it's, I think it's real cool that within just a little span, you could, you know, have wonderful dinner choices and then, you know, go throw an axe, go play, you know, Galaga. Uh, you know, have a few drinks and, you know, and, and all that be walkable and all, you know, right there. Yeah, I think the development of government and what they're doing and the businesses that are being attracted there. So I live right next to Mid-City. Mm -hmm. So seeing that slowly develop has been incredible because there was a point in time where people in Baton Rouge would always ask, what are we doing mm -hmm. tonight? You know, you, yeah. we've got great restaurants, but from an entertainment scene, I mean, y'all kind of accommodate both within that. So, I mean, mm -hmm. what have y'all seen? developing behind the scenes and also playing a role with y'all's place from the entertainment side of what Baton Rouge and Government Street more specifically has to offer? Well, government definitely has a lot of room to grow. Um, there, I, there's a lot of other places coming on board. Um, there's a few other bars. I think Pelican to Mars is supposed to be opening. Mm -hmm. There's a little disco bar opening right down the street. Um, so definitely, I really see the nightlife coming online. Uh, it's good to be an anchor bar there. You know, it's good to be... Mm -hmm. You know, the only arcade bar in town, you know, right there uh, in Mid-City, it definitely draws people. Um, so we just want to be a part of that growth. Um, but, yeah, I like to see people invest. And a lot of people are coming to, to do things in Mid-City because it's just the neighborhood, like I said, has a good vibe. The people are really welcoming to new businesses. They're supportive. So it's just it's a great area. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it really, really is. What, what do you all think we can do to continue that attraction of venues to keep opening up or the ones that are there push them out to the public saying we've got this cool stuff to do here in br well like that white light night uh, event you know uh friday it's really introduces a lot of new people uh to mid-city um you know the the, the art you know there, there's just a lot of really good artists down government mm -hmm. i just don't think we focus enough on like having enough you know vibe uh, bringing that out um uh there's just all kind of stuff you could do mid city wise. I mean, there's just a ton of businesses that love to participate. So, mm, I mean, the the whole walking thing, I think it's great. You know, I think the shuttle system, I think they had at one point was real nice to take people back and forth. I think that would, you know, if they could come up with something like that, that would definitely be a neat little um, addition to mid city. Maybe connecting downtown, just kind of having something kind of go back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, but so far, I like what they're doing. Uh, they're, they're really there's a lot of really smart people working on it and. I think they're they're steering it in the right direction for sure. Yeah, and I think it takes the power of the business owners yeah. willing to open up shop there. Yeah, yeah, it does to take continue a push them to. We I drive down government frequently, at least every Thursday, and there's a lot of just like falling apart structures of buildings. Sure. You know, there's yeah. a lot of uninhabited buildings, and it's always. <clears throat> I know we're starting. I guess we're. I guess they're starting like with Jefferson and government to then continue development yeah. but then you also have people that end up closing down like florida yeah. pizza just closed down like yeah. so now you've got a vacant building there yeah. and i think government's biggest crutch is going to be how do we fill this vacant space because it's and you know, it, it's i don't think it's quite and correct me if i'm wrong i don't think it's quite to where we have more um occupied than vacant buildings on government mm -hmm. i mean what are, what are your thoughts on, on on that and what can be done I've, uh, coming out of COVID, a lot of people are nervous about opening new businesses. I, I, I get it. But I mean, you know, I, I see a good level of growth right now in government. I do see a lot of for rent signs. Um, 
but I don't think they'll be up for long. I think there are people that are kind of looking that, you know, I, I, I have a good friend of mine that's looking for a business on government right now building. So um, there's definitely people out there that are that are shopping Government Street. Um, they just need to keep keeping it clean and just, you know, keeping, you know, like those buildings, like our building. You know, we didn't change it. You know, we wanted to keep that historical, you know, we didn't do a whole lot to it other than, you know, add the modern stuff. Yep. Um but I think a lot of those old buildings that are dilapidated, I'd love to see them get saved, you know, and yeah. something happened to them. Um, but I th- just think it'll just, it's just going to take a little pressure from people that have the power to put the pressure on people to fix your building or, you know, do something with it, you know, or le- give it to the city, you know, let the city take it and do something with it. So. Right. Uh, I love the patina that the buildings have. Yeah. Like they have that old It's got a feel, feel to it. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to lose that. Just like our games, you know, they have a feel to it. Um, it takes a lot more time to restore it than it does to gut it and, you know, make it modern. Sure. So, um, yeah, you, you got that added cost too, right? Like yeah. it's not, it's not cheap to go into a building that's the, the found doesn't have good bones, right? That's what <laughs> sure. they say in the real estate terms, good sure. bones. Yeah, you, know, you, you got to have good you, bones. You have weak bones in yeah. some of these buildings that it gets pricey, yeah, it does. which initially deters those folks. Cause not, I mean, not everybody's got, you know, just piles of money yeah. they're sitting on. Yeah waiting to throw it into a project that mm-hmm. they don't know if it's going to survive. Yeah. You know, so it's that that evaluation point of what can be done in these buildings. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love to see some of these older historic buildings taken, revitalized and just brought back to life. You know, mm-hmm. for me it's like government street is prone to that, that that scene from cars where they drive down and all the lights come on. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, they revitalized what this was. I mean, yeah. what y'all are doing with the arcade yeah. is a part of that. You know, y'all are kind of pushing that initiative of let's start, you know, Given some life to this road mm-hmm. that was once, you know, very, very much unoccupied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So with the model, do you think it's like a two location sustainability? Are y'all looking at a second location? Is the collection warranting a second location? <laughs> what 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 are the plans for for growth down the line? We've discussed it. Yeah. I mean, it's not off the table, but really at this point, uh, we we want to focus on what we have now. And uh, and try and grow uh, this location as as much as we can. I mean, uh, with that with that building and everything, that's a part of it. I mean, there's there's still potential for a lot. For yeah, we got a little room for expansion in the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and you, you you made a good point with the games. It just you know that we don't want to open up an empty room that doesn't have any games. So having sure. having the right amount of games and pinball to occupy the space is definitely going to be be a big part. And you know, Casey does a lot of his work back there, so we'll need an offsite facility mm-hmm. to do repairs and stuff. So um, you know, don't really see another location anytime soon, but like definitely if we hadn't, you know, we had 300 games, I'd probably say, let's do yeah, another, sure. another location. <laughs> so, <laughs> How many games do you have right now? Oh, on the top of my Shall head, I, I, I probably, probably close to, yeah, 80, 90, 80 to a hundred. Yeah. 80 to a hundred at least. 100. Yeah. Uh, there's, I think right now 30 on the floor, 30 arcade machines and nine pinball machines. Yeah. So now the pinball, is, I mean, I don't know if you're a pinball fan. I love me some pinball. Um, but you know, that's. Man, that is a lot of fun. It's just so much action. Um, and we have some old ones, so you can mm-hmm. really be challenged with one of these really hard ones. Or, you know, we have, like, the Godzilla. We have two Godzilla pinballs. We have uh, Iron Maiden, um, Houdini. There's Pirates. Machines. There's all yeah, kind of really good fun well ones. They're really um, fun to play. And, and they're meticulously maintained. So, you know, they, they, they're fun to play. I mean, the, so. the pinball machines, just from a tech standpoint and like a construction standpoint they're complex machines absolutely oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in those <laughs> like the, the, the layers and the levels that have to go into the oh, development sure. behind these yeah. machines is not 
is not for the faint of heart, right? No. You know? No. 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 Uh, yeah, when you open one up and lift up the table and actually see underneath it, and you think about, well, you know, they're, they've designed this, like you're saying, this whole thing meticulously to work with, you know, chance, but controlled chance, you know. It, 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 it's, it is, it's mind-boggling. To me, it just blows me away that it's you have this little ball, metal ball, just flying all around, hitting these little plastic parts and just nailing <laughs> stuff all night long. And I mean, like, how do you, how do you not break more often? I should knock on wood, but right. you know, <laughs> yeah. they do and break. They don't break. They do yeah, break. Uh, they do definitely break. But um, no, definitely. It's just one of those things, you know, you can't really go on YouTube and look up a video on how to fix a Galaga. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things that I guess Casey Duren just – working on boards uh, uh, over time you just kind of learn you know yeah. how they work and you get a feel for what's wrong with them make a lot of mistakes it's definitely <laughs> interesting to watching yeah. trouble you make something. a lot you see a lot of smoke and you feel a little bit of shocks from time to time <laughs> but i guess that's the best way to learn <laughs> well I mean, I mean getting to this this technology right it's not out of this world complicated no right? it's really not. you know and so it's so, kind of we like would love to have back. a radio shack open up right now oh, it'd be the best thing open a radio shack, shack back to we back need a radio shack one. you're saying you can't get the, the normal supplies from like amazon they don't sell those those that stuff uh, you'd all be the surprised time. I mean, a lot of stuff they do they i do. mean uh, a lot do. of a lot of the old school ics you know the little chips i mean texas instruments or overseas companies they still make them i mean they, they still make uh like a z80 processor i mean that's they still make that stuff um some stuff is hard to find. A lot of, for CRT repair, some of those parts. I mean, that I don't even think there's a factory in the entire planet anymore that yeah. has the technology or has to make a vacuum tube. Yeah, to make the, <laughs> the shape of the vacuum tube. It's yeah. one of those things. It's almost like a lost technology. Once yeah. they got rid of all the equipment that had been doing it for 70, 80 years, yeah, then sad. it was, uh, well, we don't need that anymore. Gone. And no one's going to really spend the money to do that. I mean, it would just be for. <laughs> Unless there was like a Willy Wonka of arcades. It's like, yeah, I'm going to, one day I'm going to open up my own tube factory. So, I mean, what do you do in that scenario? You try and salvage it as much as you can. And then. There's still quite a few of them out there. There are. Um, you know, but. But if there's just a part that you really need that you don't <laughs> yeah. have, you just. Wait. <laughs> yeah, you can hold on to it. Hold on to, you know, that monitor or that part of that monitor until maybe you might come across somebody who has. A dead one, but it's dead with from different parts, and you could you know salvage it right off, and hope you get a couple more years out of it. Right. I mean that that balancing act, I'm sure, is challenging between mm -hmm. keeping the nostalgic feel of the machine and battling the ever developing technology in the space. When you can't you can't marry the two, right? Well, every time one dies, another one isn't being produced. So like, right, exactly. It's kind of like they're they're. They're hard to find, and uh, and we we definitely don't um, we don't negotiate that right. No LED, no LCD no. screens. And I've got nothing um, against it. I mean, there are it's plenty. It's just not what we want. And it is. Oh, if I if I had a bigger place or or, or anything like, uh, it would be. It's easier to maintain. Uh, a lot of uh, casual players they they don't really notice, but but they do. I think they do. They see they you know it is a different glow. It's a different look. It's a different feel. There's you some games a, a like Dragon's Lair you could probably you probably wouldn't really notice too much of a difference, yeah, you know, yeah, in the gameplay. Game sure. But you know, like a Galaga on a on on you know LCD screen versus a tube, I think you would notice yeah. a different feel to the the way the so game. There's plays. a time and place for that type yeah. of thing, but for what we like to do, we yeah. like Robert mentioned earlier, yeah. we like it to be like a museum piece almost. Right. Yeah, you've got a kind of a, a touch and feel museum, you know, yeah. instead Captured of don't in touch time, this. You know, right. Mm -hmm. So from the clientele standpoint, have they been, what, what, what does it even look like? Are you seeing people come in that have oh, never experienced this before? Sure. And just like, oh, yeah. what, what do oh, we from do? Customers from 21 years old to oh, yeah. 75, I mean, if not older. I mean, it, 
on a Friday or Saturday night, I mean, it, it, you, you, you never know what you're going to get. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we are a come as you are place. So, you know, we welcome everybody. Uh, but yeah, it's like the younger people almost kind of romanticize it a little bit. It definitely has that kind of throwback feel, you know, something that you didn't get to experience. And, you know, people like me, older, it's definitely, you get that little, I haven't played that game in a long time. I have to play it. And then you realize that you're old and you can't really, your reaction time <laughs> is that fast. Your, your reaction time is not it's what it not was. not there. Uh, but no, definitely we have a, all, all ages come in over 21. Um, but yeah, it definitely, um, it's a good mix of people. Um, a lot of people from out of town come by mm-hmm. and check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely interesting to see the crowd. I was about to say, it's got to create this really cool vibe of people that for your 21 and over crowd, it's hard to say that now they had to be born in 2001 mm-hmm. and you've got machines yeah. from 84, 85, mm-hmm. even we have one from that. 77, from 77. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. these are, these predate them by almost a generation oh, yeah. at this point. Definitely. And it's like, they've never even heard of this. And they may have seen it in a museum somewhere, but didn't actually get to interact with these machines. I mean, BRK is just doing something where it's like a little time time capsule, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And I just think it's really incredible with what y'all are doing over there that you've got young people interested in it. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's the, oh, what where can we go on a Friday, Saturday night? Well, let's go to BRK because mm-hmm. they've got some really cool stuff that we don't have, you know, you can buy any any type of equipment you need now. You can't buy Mm-mm. what y'all have in your shop, Mm-mm. which is really cool. Yeah. So do y'all ever do any tournament style play or anything of that you'll have? How are y'all engaging the community to keep them coming back? Oh, sure. We, yeah, we absolutely do. Uh, we, we would like to partner with uh, a lot of the breweries and stuff to where, uh, you know, we'll have something sponsored and have, you know, uh, def- you know, our case for me was really more early 90s. Uh, so, you know, Street Fighter 2, I mean, that's when that was real hot. Uh, so we'll definitely have competitions for that, and people come, and, you know, uh, the brewery will send somebody, and they'll have specialties and have fun stuff going on. You know, they, it, man, it's, it's fun. It's fun to yeah, do the competition. The 23rd of November, this, um, well, this coming up week, um, we're doing a partnership kind of with uh, Tin Roof. Yeah, that's right. Um, we're going to be doing, um, like, a pint night, and we're going to do our Godzilla free play, and we're going to have prizes for top scores and stuff, so... Definitely want to encourage people to come hang out. Um, tournaments, we do Street Fighter, like Casey said. Yeah, fighting um, tournaments. We've done Pac-Man tournaments. You know, Pac-Man, high score, yeah, Donkey Yeah, high score Kong. stuff. Sure. Uh, it's sure. a lot of fun, too, because it really brings out some players. Um, you know, we thought, or I thought I was pretty good at some of these games. <laughs> Man, we were testing them before we opened, and, you know, we'd play them, and we'd set a pretty, pretty decent high score. First week we opened, they all got just destroyed. Right. I mean, destroyed. And so it's really interesting mm-hmm. to see these people that, you know, really can play these games. Like, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun, especially the tournaments. You bring It brings out the good players. <laughs> That's awesome. And so do y'all ever rent the space out as a whole for different functions, whether it be corporate events, team building events, or even private parties? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're 100% available for renting. Um, events at brk.com is our website if anybody, or email if anybody's interested. But uh, it's actually a great location for for events, for offices, and we've had a ton of ton of team building. Mm-hmm. We've had a ton of just offices uh, doing like a happy hour for their their employees and just want to have a fun time. They don't want to talk about work; they just want to come and do something. Um, it's a wonderful place for that, um, and you know, have opportunity to hog all the games and pinballs to yourself. Sure, it's pretty sure. cool. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, so definitely, um, renting it is definitely a really good um, good way to get to know BRK if you want to bring a group. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a different atmosphere, right? Totally you know, different yeah. for for team building or team destroying, whatever. Well, people can, yeah, <laughs> whatever, they, whatever way they're playing. You got a little beef with somebody, you jump on that Mortal Kombat and uh, you hash it out right there. <laughs> Don't sure. worry about it. Sure. I love that. So, Robert, I wanted to talk to you about the Martini Bar and, in particularly, the Perkins Overpass mm -hmm. area. Yeah. So, where is that? located and kind of what's your backstory there so duvix is located uh it's been there since 1997 um i took over with a couple of partners uh david Pittman and shane courgette back in 2008 and um you know it was just a good opportunity we had and you know the neighborhood was totally different um, we had the old chelsea's there you know zz's was there and i think zz just reopened over where george used to be Okay. So kind of a crazy thing, you know, all these old nostalgic places coming back. It's, it's a, lot of, a lot of cool stuff happening in that neighborhood. Um, but, yeah, we're right under the P Perkins Overpass right there. Um, been there for a long time. It's just a, just a great little, little place to go have a drink. So <laughs> and, and, and that place like Government Street is starting to have a little bit more development taking yeah. place. Definitely. The nightlife over there is pretty, pretty cool. Um, there's a whole bunch of really nice places um, like we were talking, there's there's Building Five, there's Merchant K Street, um, you know, there there's the Julios right there, Ivars. There's a whole bunch of really good places to to hang out. There's Variety, um, Rock and Sockage right down the street. I think there's an uh, Unleaded just opened up a, a oh, barbecue yeah, yeah, spot. Yeah. I mean, it literally like, if I was to move to Baton Rouge, I probably would want to move in that area. It is really an amazing area. Um, there's so much to do. Um, and I think that's where government's going. I think it's kind of heading that direction. Um, definitely has a little bit of growth. More people, more businesses that come will bef definitely bring uh, more of that. But um, the, the Perkins area, is a, it's, a re it's very unique, too. It's a great neighborhood. It's a really great neighborhood. So and within these two areas, your Perkins Overpass and your Government Street, there's mm -hmm. some stark differences mm -hmm. between the two, one of that being walkability. Yeah. How, how is the walkability from a business owner standpoint for the Perkins Row comparison to what y'all have with BRK? Honestly, we were talking about this already. Baton Rouge is just a hard city to walk in. Like, I mean, it's just there's not a lot of sidewalks. There's just not a lot of light. Um, I, I think a big focus on Government Street would be lighting. I, I think, you know, I, I would love to see, like, the bright LEDs and get away from this old-style yellow kind of washed-out light. Like, it needs, yeah. like they need <laughs> kind of... Kind of a flip side of the coin when y'all got the old tech. I know, <laughs> I know, I know, and you're like, I know, let's get some LED lighting in here. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, we have an alarm on the building, so we do like the tech. You know? Well, there's ways to treat like LED too, exactly. to where you know it can look still cool and old school, but still be um, way more efficient, brighter. You know, um, and uh, uh, walking, you know, around around the Perkins area, you know, definitely um, they they're, they have a whole bunch of product projects that are happening right now. Perkins Overpass. So I think you know in the next hopefully five years, you know, you'll see a totally different landscape out there. A lot of walking, a lot of uh, green space. And like I said, government already started with the road diet. So, you know, it has pedestrian friendly walking. Um, I just think more people just need to know there's enough stuff to actually park and kind of walk up and down government and get variety. Like Casey said, there's Axon, there's arcades, there's great places to eat. There's, you know, all kind of cool stuff, there's shops, everything. So, yeah, I, th I think events like White Light Night, do a part to kind of showcase that, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. I think there is this sense of almost like this stigma towards people walking in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Whereas 
you know, citizens are still not used to seeing people walk. Yeah, sure. But when you go to any other big city or any other big town, like mm-hmm. walking is just commonplace. It's Everybody's common, walking. Very... Everybody's either walking, they're taking scooters or what have you to get around. They're not all just driving in cars. But mm-hmm. when we see somebody walking, we're like, are they lost? Like, mm-hmm. I know when I walk down um, Jefferson to go to any of those restaurants right there, it's like you get looked at and people are like, why are you, why are you walking? <laughs> you know? There is like a bit of a social that, stigma. Exactly. Like that's dangerous. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. how, how do ride? we like overcome this social stigma of walking in Baton Rouge? You know, that's just one of those things I think um, with, with more businesses that gives people more opportunity to walk a shorter distance and have something cool to do. I think that kind of brings everything together. Um, well, it's almost like if you build it, they will come type yeah. thing. I mean, I feel. I mean, parking. I mean, you know, where are you gonna park? I mean, uh, parking is a limited issue. Uh, yeah. uh, there is a little more parking, I think, on the in the Perkins uh, side of the, uh, the city, but. Uh, yeah, I have. I have. Yeah, parking over at Duvix is a little sketchy sometimes because you know we do we have other businesses and I mean we sure. want to respect our neighbors and everything, but sure. you know it does. You know, it, it there's a lot of overflow with parking, so you know parking over on government definitely is not the best right now. So. And then a big difference yeah. I think with that area too is it's a little more focused. I mean, Government Street. I mean, it's a pretty long street, yeah, and uh, there are like you were saying earlier, there are kind of there are sections to where there are old buildings that aren't being used, and I, I think also in time again if. When, when it starts filling out, mm-hmm. you know, it'll, it'll be almost, okay, well, now this is a bigger little section of government. And this is, a, you know, and it, it'll kind of bring more people in and have a little more focus, mm-hmm. a little more focus. Right, we'll have more of a full, a fuller street, you know, mm-hmm. that people can feel safe kind of walking down That's right. the street. Because it's right, I guess it's kind of the main priority is they, they park in the parking lot, walk to the building. If they're going to someplace down the street, with the exception of events like White Light Night, People are not walking no. from one side of the No, they're the trying to hop to the in the car and drive. You know, they, exactly. Yeah. They're they're hopping in their car and they're going from place to place to place. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I think that's an element of a larger city that Baton Rouge kind of needs to find a way to make happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and through business owners seeing the need for it, y'all are, you know, because y'all are right next to a group of businesses and a cluster of companies, and it's sure. like we want people to be able to go back and forth Absolutely. between these because then it, it creates a more a more open environment for oh, there's consumers more buzz. to come It's just yeah. more action when you have a bunch of variety. And, um, you know, we definitely, I mean, it's it's coming along really well up down there. I mean, it's, you know, as more things are opening, it, we definitely see a lot more foot traffic. Um, a lot of people have baby strollers, which, you know, mm-hmm. they can't come into PRK. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, I, we, we have definitely seen an increased amount of foot traffic over since last March. So that's for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. and I think, to the point of the baby strollers, it's also what what other maybe fr- family friendly functions or mm-hmm. places can be created because mm-hmm. you know that's kind of the that's the scene I'm in. I'm in the stroller scene, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I, I got to go somewhere with a one year old. You know, where can I where can I go? Barricade is not the place to mm-hmm. go with a one year old. And I mean, outside of I guess I mean even civil acts, I feel like they have an age requirement, don't they? I'm not sure. I don't. I can't know. say that for sure. Um, so. I know. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's I think it's to point, throw the axe. Yeah, to, maybe. to be in the little alleyway, I think you right. have to be sixteen or something like that. Maybe I, I'm not exactly sure, but I'd imagine they wouldn't let little toddlers run around there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think sign the waiver <laughs> if your parents are all right, present, son. Throw that axe. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> oh man! So, so, from y'all's eyes as a business owner, what? I guess what is missing on government? That's a good question. That's a good question. Or like, have you all been to other cities and you've seen a great concept and like, man, I wish they had that in Baton Rouge? 
Another good question. I, don't know, I, think I mean, government, I think it's definitely going in the right direction. Um, I think Casey made a good point. You know, if we could get a little better parking situation, probably would be helpful for some of the businesses. Um, just keep, keep kind of keeping things pretty and clean, and I think it'll just kind of progress down that way. But um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, I think just more businesses come in investing in, in, in the area. I think mm -hmm. that that is the key. To really making it grow, I mean, obviously that's been the formula for every big city, and uh, you know Baton Rouge is kind of a big small town. You know, it has a lot of cool things, but mm -hmm. you know it's kind of spread out. You know, so people are, people are definitely getting getting the word. You know that that governments, uh, you know, it's becoming one of the destinations in Baton Rouge that you can actually go dinner, entertainment, drinks afterwards. You know, so. All right, because it's different different parts about Baton Rouge. I mean, yeah. even between. What you're talking about in Mid City and Southtown. Yeah. I mean, that is a 10, 15 minute drive on a good day. Yep. You know, so like mm -hmm. having to go from one side of town to another, mm -hmm. it's like you've got these little entertainment clusters, these food clusters. But mm -hmm. if you want to go from one place to the other, unless you're downtown, mm -hmm. where I mean, I guess you get all, all of that, mm -hmm. you don't have the ability to park one place and then walk around and get wherever you need to be. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, parking on government is just an absolute nightmare. I mean, Sure. You've got establishments now, like Spoken Hub is one of them. They don't mm -hmm. they don't have enough parking to accommodate patrons in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then you end up parking on this period grill side, and you have to walk across Government Street <laughs> with no crosswalk. It. <laughs> it, gets, mm -hmm. it gets a little sketch. You got to run fast. We've done that before. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've crossed that street quite a few times. <laughs> yeah. So as we kind of start to wrap up the show, we have like a set list of questions we like to ask everybody. Okay. And I want to start off with, although I feel like I know the answer because it's almost as if you're living it. What is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? <laughs> that's uh, not arcade games. I'm going to challenge you. That's not playing that's an arcade game. Oh, man. Um, let, let Casey go first on that. <laughs> yeah. So what was the question again? What, what, did what I, is what, something what? you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? I mean, it, it's just not get tired. Like the minute I wake yeah, up out of bed, I mean, I was like, like that's an acceptable answer. That to me, the energy. I have an eleven-year-old, and like, you know, everybody's eleven-year-old is probably just, you know, full energy. This my kid just has so much energy, and definitely, I'm like, man, give me some of that. Like, let me get some of that energy because, you know, as a kid, you just don't get tired. You know, you know, just you're always doing something. You, you don't want to go to bed. You get up super early, crack of dawn. You're ready to go. Like that's it's over with so i'd love to have that back sense of just being energized from the, yeah, the yeah. whole day the whole day just waking up and just feeling like you know you're just gonna bust through the day yeah not have that two yeah. or three p.m lull and just yeah, like i need like, that i'm gonna take an afternoon coffee or yeah, a nap something anything to play some <laughs> pinball <laughs> what about you casey what you got i don't know i was trying to think of a couple of things i mean uh yeah. in a silly way uh you know you're a little kid, you get into trouble, you just get a little spanking and move on as an adult, man. When you get into trouble, you get into yeah, trouble. You get trouble, trouble, yeah. You get in big trouble. <laughs> you get in a, and it depends on the, the level of trouble and yeah, what sure. agency and you're in trouble with. Trouble. I'm not looking to make trouble. That's just a silly anecdote, I guess. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's true, though, right? You know, you, you, you get a question wrong on an exam or something growing up, it's just, it's a, it's a dock on your, on your grade. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, me being a CPA by day, if you got somebody that messes Mess up, up the Jackson tire, sure. that's, sure. sure. that's a whole different situation, sure. right? Sure. So doing what y'all have done over the years, you probably learned a few lessons along the way. Mm -hmm. So what are three lessons that each of you have picked up throughout your business career? Hmm. I mean, uh, lesson one would be, you know, just don't give up. You know, I know that's a cheesy oh, yes. one, honestly, Very but good. like, I mean, the difference between opening business and not opening it is it's doing it. Like, you know, it does take resources and stuff. You know, you got to plan that out, but, um, you know, it's never going to get done if you don't take the first step, you know, so I think just doing something. That's right. Definitely. Uh, this might seem a little obtuse, but uh, being aware, you know, listening, watching, yeah. you know, be present in, 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 in your business, uh, which is, like, I mean, it's something I knew you had to be, but uh, unless you're really doing it, you, you know, you're doing it, you know it, because you know, you know what's going on. Yeah. You, you see, at least for me, I've been able to being, uh, uh, trying to be as present as possible. I'm, it's, helping shape an idea for the future of the business, of course, you know, how, how to maneuver, how to, how, how to grow, how to change uh, for, for your customers, for your employees, for you, uh, for the health of the business itself. Right. You have to make sure you keep that business first mindset, but then at the same time, I mean, you Casey being a stay at home dad, so you got to balance that as well. Oh, sure. Sure. You know, that gets tough. You said three, right? I said three. Okay. <laughs> I think kind of going off on what he said about just listening, you know, being, you know, having people that work with you and for you, you know, you want to listen to everybody. You want to listen to what they have to say because you never know, you know, somebody that's just like washing dishes may have this great idea or just, you know, something to help you do something better. You know, it's just, you don't know everything. Sure. <laughs> Not yeah, even close. Uh -huh. Uh, so definitely be humble, you know, no matter how successful you are in life, like just stay humble and understand that there are a lot smarter people out there than you and they could be working for you or with you and appreciate that. <laughs> be happy you're around that. Right. And also appreciate that every position has value. Absolutely. You know, we had, we had Brandon Landry on a couple of weeks and he talks about what they discuss before they open a shift at walk-ons and they ask, you know, if your floor manager left at nine o'clock on a Friday night, mm -hmm. what would happen? They said, well, we'd probably have some, we have to make our own executive decisions and we'd probably get by through the end of the night. He says, okay, now what if the dishwasher walked off at nine o'clock at night <laughs> on a Friday? Yeah. And they go, well, we'd, we'd, we'd be, be on Creek without a paddle at that <laughs> yeah. point. He said, okay. Oh, yeah. Then understand that everybody on the team has a position to Absolutely. play regardless Absolutely. of what level they're at. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's the same thing for y'all, whether it's somebody fixing the machine or somebody on the floor helping people or serving, like you have to realize that the company is a team yeah. and everybody has a role to play regardless of what you may think they're, they are on the totem pole. Yeah. You know? And people have options, you know, there's jobs out there. So like, you know, they, like at the arcade, I mean, I think people like working there. It's actually a fun place to work. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's kind of hard to take it serious as a job sometimes, you know, so we definitely have to kind of tighten that up. But, you know, as far as, as the staff goes, you know, yeah, definitely want to listen to them. Um, it's super important to know your people, know their names and, and, and just kind of, that you're part of your life make sure oh, yeah. you know them <laughs> so well and especially knowing that they can just walk a block down the street and yeah. find another job sure. exactly. you know that's been the hardest part yeah. for some employers is finding mm -hmm. qualified employees to come and work for them and keep yeah. their business going because they know at the end of the day yeah. that every one of those employees can just say well i'm gonna go somewhere else yeah. you know and you have that av availability right now for yeah. at least most industries mm -hmm. So what is something that each of you love about Baton Rouge? 
man, I, I love, I mean, I've lived here for most of my life. So, I mean, it's easy to say, but I mean, I, I people, I just know so many wonderful people. I mean, it, it uh, like Robert mentioned earlier, you know, it is, it is like a, uh, a big, small town, a large, large, small, and, uh, and I, and, it, and then in a sincere way, I mean, that it is, it does have that feel because, you know, there is a community here and, uh, and people look out for each other. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I really appreciate it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Everybody bands together when they need to. That's right. You know, that's right. They, they come and help their neighbors when times get tough. They, I mean, through hurricanes, we've seen this time and time again, where people just, no matter who you are, where you're from, we're going to help you if we have the means to. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely the people and the food you know, yeah, obviously yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. you know stereotypical Louisiana but like, it, is, it is true it is very true um, it's just unique you know the whole the whole city just has a, a really neat feel um, you know, it's got it's good and bad I mean the cities have sure pros and cons I think we definitely have more pros and um, just people are great here man they really are so really what nice. is something that I can do to help y'all I'm going to play some uh, Pac-Man with me. <laughs> Learn how to fix a monitor. Uh, <laughs> I can't do that. Can I, you solder or anything? Uh, um, would you I like to learn to well. solder? I, 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 can, I can solder <laughs> copper. Oh, yeah, that's cool. It's a yeah, little bit. It's not yeah. much. It's a similar finesse to it. That's right. I, I grew up in a, in a plumbing, an industrial plumbing company oh, with cool. my dad, so cool. I, can, yeah. I can solder some copper. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. But outside that's a great of that, profession. Soldering wires and electrical was not my forte. Anytime I worked on a car, I was like okay countless youtube hours before i do anything well, i've watched them back there you know and you're looking at this board with the thousand little contacts and i'm like hmm. he's like oh that one's bad i'm like you know that's bad yeah what, what sign i guess you just know shows no you know bad. you just you just can tell but um with the type of stuff it's like looking at a road map yeah. you know once you know how to look at a road map you know the legend you can roll with it you're yeah. good that is very true, but you got to learn the legend. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> the legend is not language. easy to learn. Yeah, <laughs> the language is challenging. Yeah. So, well, thank you all so very much for coming uh, on. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, man. It's been time. a lot of fun. Absolutely, I appreciate y'all's time. I will have to get out there without a stroller. Yeah, that's yes. a um, yes. Come play some, play some arcade games, and also taste the wonderful we'll cocktails. Try some good drinks, and uh, we will play some some Gallagher, some Pac Man. Do you, do you have a favorite classic arcade? Just a pinball machine. Like, it doesn't matter what, what the theme is, just a classic pinball machine is something I love. Okay. Just my, my uncle has one, and just that the old time, just hearing all the, all the bells and whistles mm -hmm. go off and the sirens when you mm -hmm. get to that next level, I just, that to me, like, just brings back the, old, the good old days, right? So, mm -hmm. that, other than that, I mean, you're classic Pac Man. Like, okay. I, I didn't dive into the deep of everything, I came around on the backside of that. Mm. So, we have like NBA Jam too. You yeah, nineties stuff. Okay. You have the okay. Blitz, NFL, all that stuff. Ooh. All right, now you got me intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank y'all so very much for coming yeah, on the show. Appreciate us, it, and I thank everybody else, whether you're watching or listening to the show. Thank yeah. you so much for the continued support of the Patty G Show and the guests that are out there. If you have not been to Arcade yet, be sure to go out there, check them out, and let them know the Patty G Show sent you. You're going to have a blast, whether. Definitely. You were born in 2001 or you were born well in advance of that. You're going to have a good time and you're going to have that sense of nostalgia feeling about it when you walk in. And also a big thank you to the amazing sponsors that make the show possible each and every week. Hear a little bit more about them right now. So you're home for a $399 flat fee with Falaya. 
No, seriously. Falaya will list your home on the MLS and help you get all the way to the closing table for as little as a $3.99 flat fee. Our online platform is insanely easy to use and will save you thousands. If you're thinking about selling your home in 2022 and want to keep more of your hard-earned equity in your pocket, you need to check out Falaya. Falaya, real estate reimagined. Thank you all so very much for listening to this episode of the Patty G Show brought to you by Government Taco. They're located on the corner of Government Street and Jefferson Highway. Jay is always slinging up a new taco of the month. So if you're a frequenter to Government Taco, let us know in the comments what you thought about this month's taco of the month. If you're not a frequenter, maybe trying out this month's taco might just convert you. Big thanks over to them at Government Taco for making the Patty G Show possible. Imagine taxiing on a plane looking toward the end of the runway. It seems so far away, it's even hard to see it. And that's what the concept of retirement probably felt like when you were in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, way far in the distance, not visible or even a concern. But as you turn 50, something happens. Retirement suddenly seems like something real, something not too far away. In your 50s, you are rolling down the runway. Retirement is getting closer and closer, faster and faster, weeks and months zipping by. But are you even ready for a successful takeoff to retirement? Fear not, there's still runway left. But the time is now. Time to make progress and time to get a plan. The Runway Decade will help you get organized, get energized, and give you the direction you need to take off to your desired retirement. The Runway Decade building a pre-retirement flight plan in your 50s. Thank you to Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge for making this show possible. Nick Pintus is a past guest. We love having him on. Listening to him talk about the culture they have over at Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge is really an incredible thing to hear. How they treat not only their employees, but every customer that walks through the door. You are more than just a number to them. They're going to give you that white glove concierge service every step of the way. They're going to make you feel like family and take what can be a stressful time in people's life. Shopping for a car, they're going to make it so enjoyable and so pleasurable. You're going to want to go back there time and time again for every new vehicle. Thank you so very much for Mercedes-Benz of making this show possible. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Lake Men's Health Center with our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group. Guys, I know it's tough to get out and go to the doctor. I know it's challenging to find time in our busy days, but I promise you, signing up to be a part of this group with Dr. Curtis Chastain and Dr. Tyler Boudreaux, you won't regret it for several reasons, but most of those being the fact of the time it saves, where you're able to get in on the same day, get that appointment done, and spend that time you need to talk with them about what your health goals and concerns are, as well as ensuring that the financial investments you have, you will be able to live out and see those come to fruition. So if you're an investing guy, you know all about and planning for the future and investing in the future. There's no other more important thing to invest in than your health. Make sure you go check them out. Our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group Men's Health Center and tell them Patty G sent you. McClavey's Limited, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show, has been serving the Baton Rouge area proudly for 40-plus years. Gentlemen and ladies, if you're shopping for your man, there is no other place in the Baton Rouge area to get your clothing, whether it's game day needs, everyday needs, business attire, formal attire, whatever you want. Go over there, see Frank and Ashley. It's a father-daughter duo. They do incredible things in their store. They will outfit you from as simply 
a shirt that you need for one evening, or all the way to a full wardrobe overhaul. They're going to take care of you every step of the way, and be sure and let them know that Patty G Show sent you. Yeah.